Welcome to this podcast of Sound All from April 16th of 2021 with your host, Nate Laux. Nate's guest today is Park Superintendent Mark Schreiber. Hello, friends. Today is Friday, April 16th, and you're listening to Sound Off on 96.7 The Eagle. My name is Nate Laux, and it's an honor to be your host today. As always, we're going to be together until about 1 p.m. talking about issues impacting you, our listeners. My guest on today's show is Mark Schreiber, the LaPorte Park Superintendent for uh, the city. Mark is a graduate of the Ball State University. I think they say chirp, chirp after that. Mark, is that correct? They still do, yeah. Yes, okay. He's been with the Parks Department since May 2012, uh, where he started as the Director of Recreation. He's been the Park Superintendent since June 2014. I'm excited to have him on the show today. Welcome, Mark. How are you? I'm doing great, Nate. I appreciate you having me on. I, I certainly enjoy the new format, and and I do. In all in all disclosure, I'm not a graduate of Ball State University. I attended Ball State University, but uh, I went into my journalism career without a journalism uh, a degree. I, I enjoyed it greatly, and now I've kind of uh, via the YMCA and other uh, venues and other things I've done. I've I've wound up in a parks career, which I truly love. Yeah, so, you know, it's 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 interesting sometimes how our lives just take us in paths that we never predict. Right? Right. right, you know, and, and having grown up in Laporte, I loved the parks growing up. Our Little Leagues, our, 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 our summer playground programs, I was there daily throughout my summers and uh, growing up in the Clark Park area. So it's really been a, a dream come true to be able to, 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 to be a part of the parks now as an adult. So um, tell me a little bit. Again, we're going to be talking about the parks, and if you have questions, you're welcome to call and text us in here after our first break. But... Uh, how has COVID impacted the Parks Department over the last year? How will it continue to impact things? What changes has it brought for you guys? Well, I think we've seen this nationwide. I mean, there's been a, a great impacts, and obviously we were like everybody else when the pandemic first broke over a year ago. We were just trying to adjust and flow as, as information became available to us. Um, you know, at the Park Department, we don't study infectious diseases, so we had to be very attuned to what the CDC and what the uh, State Department of Health was telling us. And, uh, you know, initially we had a lot of shutdowns, a lot of things that we couldn't do. And then over time, we discovered the things that we could do, and, and we went back about trying to provide those in a safe manner uh, you know we were able to provide youth sports last year and adult softball the diamond sports uh, tennis they kind of uh, adapt well to social distancing and we were able to offer those uh, after a bit of a delay other things like our summer playground program we weren't able to do and, and obviously that was discouraging but what we really found were so many people wanting to get out into the parks I mean it was one of those things that you could still do that really wasn't uh, regulated there weren't a whole lot of protocols you could take your family out for a walk you could go out and enjoy a round of golf um, you could go out to the tennis courts and of course we saw our lakes get very heavily populated it was interesting I was talking with Terry Huber the other day of course uh, he operates our city marina and he said you know there were record sales of boats last year and he said out of those 40% were new boat owners first-time boat owners and that just speaks to the people that wanted to find an outlet a place to be and of course our lakes were not you know, really restricted. So people wanted to get out and do things. And so I think that there, obviously there were some negatives and things that we had to deal with, but we're trying to look at what the positives were. I mean, uh, Beachwood Golf Course, we had the most rounds played in well over a decade out there. People wanted to get out and do things. So how do we retain those people? How do we get them continuing to come to our parks? Um, we know that eventually, you know, the pandemic will, will start to slow. And when it does, we want people to still be finding those health benefits, those recreational benefits to 
to be in our parks. So we, we, we're trying to extract all the positives out of it. So you say your your attendance in the let's say the lakes and uh, Beachwood and everything uh, increased because of the pandemic. I, that was what I saw living near Stone Lake as sure. well. Um, what did you learn about your capacity for those things? You know, when you have so many people kind of coming to it, did you need to increase capacity? Did you learn anything that, you know, you need to add to some of these things to, to hopefully grow better? What, what, what did you guys learn through that? No, no, and that's a great point. Capacity is always a challenge. It, it absolutely is because we, we're not able to monetize a lot of these things. We don't charge people to come to our beach, uh, for instance. So the more people come to the beach, the more trash has to be hauled away. Um, we weren't able to have lifeguards last year, uh, in part because of the pandemic, but also because there's a national shortage of lifeguards. Uh, there's just not enough uh, young people going into that, uh, not enough young people working, period. Uh, but there, there's this, this, uh, these lessons that we're learning. And, and that's a great point. Um, on the downside of a lot of it is our city budget has shrank. And our department budget has shrank from 20 to 21, uh, uh, 19, from 2020 to 2021. We're running on a reduced budget, but we're seeing more demand. We More people want to be in our parks. More people want to go to the beach. More people are out at the lakes. So the challenge is... How do we continue to provide those services? You know, the other thing is, you know, we, we're, we're great beneficiaries right now of funding from uh, the Healthcare Foundation, the Park Foundation, and others, where we're seeing new amenities being built, and, and it's great, and it's going to be great for the health and wellness of our community, for the growth of our community. But how do we, as a department, meet those maintenance uh, uh, challenges? And uh, to much to their credit, our, our, our maintenance crew has done a tremendous job of stepping up. Sticking with Stone Lake real quick, yeah. um, a few months ago, the Parks Department uh, approved new managers for the boat docks on Stone Lake. Uh, are those available to rent yet? What improvements are going to be made there on Stone Lake for the boat, boat launch, or boat docks, rather? Yeah, so I, and I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, we certainly want to make sure the information is free and flowing. Uh, so what happened was at the end of the last year, uh, Hermart uh, Incorporated, uh, Jim Miller and his wife, who had been running the docks, matter of fact, her parents had run the docks since uh, 1957, uh, they decided to retire. Uh, you know, they talked about doing it for a year or two and then finally decided last year would be the last year. We knew this was coming, uh, but then we knew that we wanted to retain boat docks there. So we put out a request for proposals. Uh, we received a, a proposal from Ed Fay that the park board approved. So Ed is the new vendor out there. And so what Ed Ed's been working on is getting the permitting, getting the docking in. Of course, we all know the challenges now with manufacturing and distributing. So uh, we're hoping to have those in at some point in May. Um, and Ed should be reaching out. And one of the things that we put in that uh, RFP, though, was we wanted to make sure the people that had been docking theirs get first right of refusal. And we wanted to make sure that he was giving them a better rate than what he was going to be charging the general public. Um, we know that those docks are important to that neighborhood. Um, we limited it to 30 boats, so it's not you know, going to proliferate like we've seen on on Pine Lake. Uh, you know, Pine Lake is, uh, I couldn't even tell you how many slips are out there right now, um, but it's quite a few. And uh, uh, you can't even, and, and, and actually, you can't even get one. I mean, the waiting list, I think almost any vendor that has the slips out there has a waiting list. So we really want to do this first and foremost for the residents of that community, just like any of the improvements we've made to Soldiers Memorial Park are first and foremost for the residents of those neighborhoods. So are they available then? or? 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, Ed, I don't know that Ed has necessarily been taking payments yet, yeah. but yeah, but again, it's all running through Ed Fay, and uh, and he should be reaching out to those that uh, uh, had had the docs. Again, they get first right of refusal on that, and uh, and and Ed is going to be handling that as it goes along. But but I think again, you know, he's been dealing more with getting the permitting, uh, getting the docs uh, ordered, and all those type of things. Is the work on the phase that you're in on Stone Lake Beach, is that is that done now? The the Or not Stone Lake Beach, the Stone Lake Walkway, all of that kind of stuff. Are you finished with that? I saw, I think recently they, they paved the bridge, the walking bridge over there. Is it finally done or is there still some things that you got to do to No, there's it? still a little bit of finishing out and there are more of this and that's like getting benches installed. Um, uh, we just did the final walkthrough yesterday with the contractors, so they have a punch list. Our maintenance crew has a punch list, so we'll go through and do all the finishing out. Now it's now it's certainly usable, perfectly usable for everybody. As a matter of fact, they've used it ever since it got paved, and it's been tremendous to see the amount of traffic down there, people riding and walking, pushing strollers. I think it's really had the desired effect of uh, bringing out the neighborhood, bringing out other residents that have driven to the trail just to walk the trail. Um, and I think it's created the connectivity that we really wanted in there. We really wanted to bring that section of the park back to the public, bring it back to life, and it's it's already had that result. All right. Well, we're going to take a break here on the show. Uh, we're going to come back with Mark Schreiber. If you have a question, you can make your voice heard at 209-362-0522. You can email or text me. Um, or sorry, call me or email me at soundoff at 967theagle.com. Give me a call, shoot me a text, send me an email, and let's chat after this commercial break for our fine Sound Off sponsors. Keep it right here, only on 96.7 The Eagle. All right, welcome back to Sound Off. I'm your host, Nate Lugs. Joining me on the show today is Mark Schreiber, the superintendent of the Parks Department here in LaPorte. You can make your voice heard at 209-362-0522. Call or text me or email the studio as sound off at 967theeagle.com. So, um, explain to me a little bit uh, about the Heart of LaPorte plan. I keep on hearing more and more about this. I know you're involved in, in Tom Casey, sure. the city planner's involved a little bit, um, the city engineer, these kind of things. How does it, what is the Heart of LaPorte and how does it impact the, the, the Parks Department? So the Heart of LaPorte plan is really a sub-plan for the city that, that uh, takes up the area of significance to the parks would be the Fox Park Clear Lake area. Also included looking at the Newport Landing area, the old hospital campus and the downtown, and and really the connectivity between the two and, and how do we envision those um, being developed in the future. So for the park department purposes, obviously we've looked a lot at Fox Park and Clear Lake. This is a process that started with public input in uh, late 2019, was uh, kind of uh, Put together, kind of flushed out in in 2020, and now here in 2021, it's been presented to the city council, and I believe that it'll be on their agenda to have it approved. The park board has already approved it, uh, based upon you know some of the, the pop potential development there in in uh, the Clear Lake Fox Park area. So, um, but it really is trying to address healthy living. Uh, how do we, how do we put infrastructure in? How do we create traffic flows? How do we connect these areas to create a, a healthy living environment? And it was funded by the Healthcare Foundation of Laporte, and uh, I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, you know, with that, we now have some really great planning mechanisms that were again these are things that received community input. These these aren't things that Mark Schreiber drew up on a, on a chalkboard somewhere. Uh, 
Uh, we have a five-year master plan that we always put together that's DNR approved. Uh, our current one will expire in 2022, so next year we will be putting together our next five-year master plan. Uh, we have our Stone Lake master plan that we put together in 2019 that uh, really uh, a rather Soldiers Memorial Park master plan that encompasses all of Soldiers Memorial Park, our largest park. And then we also have a master plan for our greenways that was uh, adopted by the City Council in 2014. So the roadmap is there, the planning is there, the key is to make sure that we keep pushing forward, we keep these funded, and we don't let these plans just sit on a shelf collecting dust. So we're, we're excited about where we can go and, and especially excited because we have a, a publicly vetted plan to move things forward. All right, we've got Mark Shriver on the show. If you have a, a question for our Parks Department here in the city of Laporte, you're welcome to call or text me to a 9362-0522 or email me at soundoff at 967theeagle.com. Let's get to our first caller. Hello, you're on Soundoff. How are you? Welcome to the show. Yeah, Mark, you're doing a great job. You come from a great family. Is your mother still alive and bold? Yeah, my my mother's doing well. You know, she kind of ducked down like a lot of people her age. Uh, my mom being in her in her eighties now during COVID, she she did a great job of following the protocols. She was doing the the uh, morning uh, bowling league over there at Casey's. I think Monday mornings, and I think yeah. she's uh, she took a, took some time off from that. But fingers crossed that she'll be able to get back to it. She enjoyed that crowd, and I think it's one of those wonderful uh, activities that, that that seniors can get together and do is that bowling league at Casey's. It's we we we, yeah. we don't have enough good things for our seniors to do and that's something that we need to keep addressing as a park department and as a community as a whole great tell her 98 said hello well thanks 98 I'll be, uh, 90 sunday i'll be 90 years old hey well, happy bless. birthday buddy happy birthday uh, thanks for yeah, listening well, go ahead and sing it i don't care thanks for warning you bye i, so I appreciate it keep thanks visiting so. the parks 98 all right, we've got a couple texts coming through. Um, here's one. Hello, Mark. Could it be possible to repave the bad portions of the Fox Park walking trail? The portions of the trail that flood need to be raised with a small culvert pipe placed under the trail. Also, the trail on the east side of the park needs to connect to the trail on the west side of the park in a way that makes sense. Yeah, no, and I absolutely know exactly what they're talking about. So this, again, goes back to the Heart of the Port Plan, which significantly addresses Fox Park and, and how do we lay out those things? Uh, how is that going to be connected with the Clear Lake Trail? So the exciting news is uh, that we will be extending the Clear Lake Trail. We will be doing the loop all the way around the lake. Uh, we, we, we feel good. We hope we're going to have the funding. If, that, if we get the funding, then everything is going to happen later this year. So then we have to look at how does that connectivity, you know, you'll have the Stone Lake Trail all the way around. How does that connect to the walking trail that is currently in the park? Uh, I believe that's a half mile trail that we currently have. So how do you make that old infrastructure mesh with the new infrastructure? And that's obviously something that we'll, we'll be working at through the Heart of the Port plan. Is there a current... So does the Heart of the Port plan address that already, or do you have to devise that? It addresses certain elements of Fox Park, but I, I think we probably still have to take that next step and figure out how do we want to make that that particular walking trail mesh with the multi-use trail that will go through there. Because it does get some nice usage, and, uh, and, and, and I understand exactly what they're saying on the east side. It kind of runs into Taylor Road, which is the little road that goes back to the uh, skate park. And at that point, it almost just like you walk on it the side. It just crumbles. You gotta, well, you got to walk on the side of the road. So. 
uh, is one of those things where you know you kind of may, probably ran out of a planning idea when it got to that back in the day. And I think that trail's obviously been in there for decades. So um, those are the type of improvements that we want to make. You know, uh, Fox Park is our second oldest park. It opened in 1913. It's had improvements over the years, but I think really the last significant improvement um, up until now, where we've seen the amphitheater work and all those kind of things, I think you're really talking like the late 70s, early 80s when the last time there was a uh, Lincoln, uh, uh, or rather a, a, a state grant that was used to, to do a lot of that work. So it's, it's, it's several decades in the making that we start making these improvements. All right. Uh, another question we received via text here. Um, you say the budget is less, but do you have to do more to maintain the new walking trails and paths, mostly islands at the intersections, which are sensitive? So what is not still maintained since you have to do these extra jobs to maintain the new things we have in our city so i think the question again not necessarily um uh, articulated perfectly through the is you know you're adding some more stuff right your budget's less mm -hmm. how do you pick which gets mowed which doesn't what you know how, how do you how do you find that home well, you don't. You do it all. I mean, I mean, and that's the challenge. You have to get it all done. Now, there's a little bit of a trade-off here. When you build new infrastructure, like when you replace a playground, less maintenance on that playground. An old playground's going to need more maintenance. Um, when you put in new infrastructure, replacing old infrastructure, that new infrastructure is going to need less maintenance. Now, that's not to say that that, that there isn't going to be more mowing. You know, Chessie Trail is a great example. You know, you put in a, a half mile of trail, you're going to have to still go and mow it. You're still going to have to maintain it. So there is more to do. There's no doubt about it. But it's never a situation or it hasn't come to a situation where we're deciding, well, we're not going to do this park. We're going to do that park. Um you know, the, I'll give you an example, though, of something where we are getting stretched would be last year. And, and again, I don't want to bring up a negative subject, but we did have quite a bit of a weed problem on, on Pine Lake. Um, the boaters didn't like it. Uh, you know, I, I can certainly understand that, but we had to deal with it because all of that cut up vegetation washes up on Ski Beach. We had to have our crew out there with heavy machinery out there every Friday morning collecting up all of this weed and putting it into one-ton dump trucks and hauling it out of there. That's not something we've had to do in recent years. So when you have to take on a new task, yeah, you know, do you have to deploy your, your, your resources differently? Absolutely. But it's not just because of new infrastructure. It's just because you're always going to have new challenges that come. And and, and our, our maintenance foreman, Mike Embarrass, has been with us for, uh, you know, well over three decades and, and and he answers those calls every time they come up all right let's get to another caller hello you're on sound off welcome to the show how are you hello hi welcome to the show what's your question hi i just tuned in so i don't know if this has been asked or not but That's growing okay. up uh, they used to charge to get into the beach and so i see michigan city has raised their prices and we've got so many people from out of town out of state why are we charging at the very least for the people that aren't from the county, from local. Sure. I mean, I don't live within the city limits, but we use the lake a lot. So why can't we get in for free but charge all of these out-of-town people for parking and, and everything else? That would create some revenue. All right. Thanks for calling. Thank Good question. So why doesn't, um, like Stone Lake Beach, these kind of things, why don't you charge to maybe park and something like that? Obviously, to use the beach might not charge, but to, to park. Where? Yeah. You know, it, 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 it can be half of one, six dozen of the other. You know, you start charging for amenities. People could start getting upset. If you don't, maybe that maybe maybe we're missing out on some, some, some opportunities there. Part of the issue is just the way the park is constructed. Uh, Grangemouth is a through road, and as long as it's still a through road, 
road, we would have to have uh, the approval to be able to cut that off. I mean, you know, our, our, our city's uh, traffic flows are, are interesting, to say the least, because of our lakes and our railroad tracks and other things that we have to get through. So there may be some public issues there with that. Uh, to be honest, we'd like to keep as many amenities free as possible. You know, we do have to charge for certain things. If they're above and beyond, you know, uh, we recently, the Park Board approved putting in uh, kayak lockers out at the lake, uh, and, and they decided that, you know, they wanted to that would be a premium if you wanted to have your kayak out there for all year there would be a charge for that um but we really really want to get families and and people out to it out to stone lake beach uh if they're from out of town and believe me out of towners love that beach you know i think we take it for granted but out of towners do enjoy that beach um but we want to keep as many things free to the community, free to people who want to come in out of town. The more people that come in from out of town, the more money spent at restaurants, the more money spent at the gas stations. So um, it's always a balance there. We're never doing anything for, for the purpose of just bringing in out-of-towners. We want to keep everything great for our residents. Mm -hmm. All right, let's get to another caller. Oops. Hello, you're on Sound Off. Welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, doing good. Uh, I got a question for the park superintendent. Yeah. I'd like to know, uh, I hear a rumor that uh, at the corner of Monroe and Two, they're talking about turning that into a park on the northeast corner of that parking lot. And I'd like to know if that's true and why we'd, we'd do that with a park being right straight across the street. All right. Well, thanks for calling. All right. So I think he's talking about the parking lot there by Mucho Mas, that area there. Is that is there talk of moving that into a park? Yeah, you know, so if you look at the Heart of Laporte plan, there's the idea of creating what they're calling the stitch. And what they'd be creating would be some green space up there in downtown Laporte in the middle where uh, people could, number one, enjoy the outdoors, do some outdoor dining, also a place where you could have some activities. I think what they're calling, uh, kind of looking at is some of the successes you would see in other communities, you know, in the area. Obviously, we talk about Valparaiso quite a bit, what they've been able to do with their downtown park. And then kind of create a, a way to kind of connect that into the Clear Lake, Newport Landing, Fox Park area. Um, so yeah, uh, you know the plaza is, is was a wonderful concept. It, it, it turned out beautifully. Um, I think they're just looking to expand on what they they consider a good concept. Um, now whether that would technically be a park, whether that'd be a plaza, uh, you know technically Plaza Six Eighteen right there on the corner isn't a park. Um, we don't maintain it, but um, the idea of creating more green space downtown is something that uh, the public has said they want, and also something that is. Is, uh, currently in that heart of Laporte plan. All right, interesting. All right, well, we're going to take a real quick break here on the show. We've got some callers uh, that are backed up here. We'll get to you uh, as soon as we get back. If you have a question for for our guest today, Mark Schreiber, the superintendent of the Port Parks, you're welcome to call or text me at 219-362-0522 or email the show at soundoff at 967theeagle.com. I'd be happy to ask him for you. Sit right there. Um, maybe stretch yourself a little bit. It's commercial time. We'll be right back here in just a few minutes on 96.7 The Eagle. Welcome back, friends, and thanks for listening. I'm Nate Lauchs, and you are listening to Sound Off on 96.7 The Eagle. My guest today is City of Laporte Park Superintendent Mark Schreiber. You can make your voice heard at 219-362-0522 or email me here at soundoff at 967theeagle.com. And I'd be happy to ask him the question for you. Let's get to a couple texts real quick. Um, uh, sorry. Sorry, this question, I can't. Um, can we get sand and weed control for Stone Lake Beach this year? 
yeah, you know, we have put some sand on in recent years. Uh, we have recently pricing out because we do want to put some more sand. So it's a constant project out there. Obviously, erosion is, is a big part of that issue. As far as weed control goes, um, if, they're native, if they're native species, there's not a whole lot that we can do out there. Uh, and again, it goes back to our conversation, you know, what I mentioned earlier about Pine Lake. You know, if, 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 if they're invasive species like the Eura- Eurasian millifoil that we were dealing with, uh, it was a you know, really proliferated in the lakes uh, over the last decade, we can deal with that. We can get a DNR permit, we can even get DNR funding, and we can uh, eradicate that. But when things are uh, native, there's not much we can do about it. One of the issues last year is we didn't have the lifeguards out there, and one of the lifeguards jobs every year has been to kind of pick up the weed, seaweed as it kind of brushes up on the beach. So without that, again, you know, we were talking about capacity earlier. We're minus, you know, those three lifeguards mm-hmm. coming out, and they would get out there at 10, from 10 to 10.30. They're cleaning up the beach, getting things set up for the day. So without that presence, how do you figure out a way to get it out? So our crew had to go out on a, on a once or twice a week basis when we drag the beach and, and pick it up. So, um, But it, when it's out in the water there, I know sometimes uh, some people don't like that between the toes, but it is a natural lake, and those are the things that do form. All right, another question from a texter. The Stone Lake launch needs to be addressed. There are potholes the size of small vehicles. This needs to be paved and parking lines should be put in. The fishermen and boaters do bring a lot of money to the city. Correct. And uh, so what people need to know is, first of all, uh, that is a uh, facility that we lease out to uh, the Department of Natural Resources. So they do all the infrastructure work there. We're very pleased with the fact that last year they did a whole lot of work on the launch and they completely regraded the parking lot. And this year they just put in a new auxiliary pier for people, you know, to be able to drop off and pick up their uh, their uh, people are going to go out on the boat with them. they are very hopeful. I've had discussions with the DNR, very hopeful that in the 2022 budget that they may get the money to pave that. They do understand that it's an issue. Uh, but I think they've been very receptive. I mean, there were there, there was quite a few years there where it was kind of left on us to try and, and, and make that situation work and drag that out. Uh, but the situation that the, the lot's in right now isn't anywhere near as dire as it was maybe three or four years ago. And I think we have a good partnership, one that we are looking to renew with them uh, very soon, uh, that would allow for, fingers crossed, they get the money in 2022 we'll get that paved all right let's get to a caller hello you're on sound off how are you welcome to the show is that me yeah that's you buddy welcome to the show what's your question okay mark uh you know that road that goes through fox park boy that needs to be repaved bad it's just terrible i know it's 20 miles an hour and you got the signs there but you don't even need that signs because (laughs) it's like you're going to speed bumps all the time you know but anyway uh and another thing with Newport Landing going in over there, all the apartments, you know, it would it'd probably be a good idea to put a sidewalk in to mm. continue around the lake and everything. And, you know, years ago, I'm 71, and I remember going down there to Fox Park on a Sunday afternoon and watching your dad play it's with, <laughs> with the Laporte Athletics. Yes, sir. You remember that? No, I don't remember that. I was born in 69, so he was almost out of his playing days, I think, by then. But, yeah, he played for Laporte Athletics, and that's back when they had the uh, the hill went all the way extended into left field. They hadn't, they hadn't cut that out yet. Uh, he used to laugh yesterday. He had to, he had to run up and down that hill because the left fielder never moved. So, uh, But, yeah. It, well, you know, there was like Charlie Arlsop at first base, Carl McNally, he pitched. Oh, yeah. Johnny Salawak that caught. Uh, Dick Kuda played. John the Barber's the panic played. 
Oh no, absolutely. And 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 the uh, the the adult leagues were great back then, and and it was a little bit of a different era. You know, we we've even seen the adult fast pitch softball go on the wayside. So. Uh, not it, not not seeing the same things maybe we used to see. But as far as your comments on on Truesdale Avenue, <clears throat> I mean, <clears throat> I couldn't agree more. Uh, as a city, we know that's an issue. It's it's a very difficult job for our city engineer and his office to try and figure out which roads do we get to, which do we don't. There's federal funding available for some and not for others. But I can tell you this that. We are working on putting that uh, loop trail all the way around, that which provide the sidewalks and the walking areas that you're describing, and we're not going to do that without paving Truesdale Avenue. I can guarantee you that. So my guess would be you'll see movement on Truesdale Avenue. If you don't see it by this year, you'll see it by early next year. All right, another question here through text. I was wondering if there's lockers at Stone Lake Beach, or have you considered it? It'd be helpful for those of us that don't drive and would like to lock up things while swimming. Oh, that's, you know, that's an interesting concept. It's not one that's really been put past me in my seven years. But, uh, yeah, that makes a little bit of uh, sense there. You know, you could lock up your mm-hmm. valuables or mm-hmm. something like that. Something, you, you know, I guess thinking conceptually, kind of like what you used to see at the shopping malls where people yep. could kind of put their stuff in. So that's a great suggestion and something that... Uh, uh, we'll pursue. We are trying to make improvements out there at Stone Lake Beach. We're we're hopeful to get some more amenities out there, some things for the kids to do. Uh, any, any any ideas you, that you want to share then? Or? Oh yeah, I mean it could be as simple as you know maybe looking at have some permanent uh, bag boards out there. Uh, maybe maybe a permanent ping pong table where the kids could 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 utilize. Um, we are looking to address maybe some ADA issues of getting some beach mats where people could that are wheelchair bound or have a uh, uh, mobile mobility issues could easily get. Out on out towards the water and back, um, you know. Obviously, we're already we've already put in the uh, the, the, the beginnings of the kayak launch. Um, that and that should be all completed at some point in May. So uh, there's a lot of things that we're trying to do out there. You know, we want to keep improving. We want to keep it. Uh, uh, we we want to get families out there. We really believe in that, and and we want to get the teens. Teens are underserved in our community. We want them to have a place to go. So uh, yeah, I mean, but the lockers are a great uh, great idea. Something that we can uh, institute into the plan. Hopefully. All right, another question for you. Is there any movement on the Lake Fest? Also, any tie ups for boats at Unity Park? For food truck Tuesday, yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll 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 get on uh, Foodie Tuesdays first, and and we're so excited to have that back this year. We've expanded it again. We're doing 15 Tuesdays this year, uh, starting on May 25th, and we actually added three nights. So the first Tuesday night of each month, we're going to have evening a food truck there from four to seven, and uh, we're really really excited that the public. You know, we we started that really just to introduce the public to Unity Park as a nice place to go and and have a meal or or, or just enjoy the lake view and it just became so popular that we've just kind of built on it um Getting back to you know the ties there, uh, whether we would do that or not, I, I know we, we're having some discussions about it. Um, you know, we, we just wouldn't want people to abuse it. One of the things that we want to absolutely make sure is that that lake view is kept open and clear for anybody that wants to go out there and just enjoy. Um, I think that's so important to, to allow the public to still have that access to the lake. Uh, Pine Lake is predominantly privately owned. We have a uh, Qantas Teledyne Soldiers Memorial, and of course now Unity Park that does border it. Um, so we don't want want a whole lot of tie-ups on there now could we do one or two potentially but how do you monitor that to make sure somebody's not abusing the the 30 minute uh, say time limit you might put on it so it's certainly something we're still trying to flush out as far as lake fest goes yeah we're 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 meeting right now we're getting all the plans in place it'll be uh, july 30th through august 1st it'll be out on our lakes uh the cvb is bringing in jet ski races to kind of be the uh uh, one of the main activities but uh, we'll have some big announcements coming up in may uh, 
uh, about uh, Lake Fest. Really excited about where the committee is taking this and all of the community organizations that are jumping on board to be a part of this. Uh, this isn't something that the Park Department could just go out and put on on itself, not on the scale that we'd like to do it. So we're really excited that a lot of people, a lot of uh, organizations in our community are jumping on board. All right. Here's a question for you. I'd be interested to know what he thinks the park's most underutilized asset is. Oh, boy, I'll tell you, that, that that's a great question. I mean, I could tell you, you know, who some of our underserved populations are. I know we need to do better with seniors. We need to do better with teens. Um, those are things that we're going to really work for. Uh, uh, we need better accessibility. But as far as an asset goes, boy, I'll tell you what. The, the thing that really bothered me when I first became park superintendent was Sometimes the neighborhood parks are empty in the summertime. And to me, I grew up in Laporte, Indiana, where we were always in the parks. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I got up the same time during the summer as I did during the school year, and I headed off. Mom gave me breakfast. I'm out the door. I was at Clark Park all day. Um, came home for lunch, went back to Clark Park in the afternoon, you know, and a lot of times wearing my Little League uniform because mm -hmm. I had Little League game then, you know, right after the parks closed. Um, so that really bothered me. So we went back and we restarted the summer playground program, and we've slowly built it up. Uh, and then just a couple years ago, the health Care Foundation agreed to underwrite the program, so we were able to double the amount of time we spent in them. So now we have five neighborhood parks. Um, we're in uh, Coomler, uh, yeah, Coomler, Rumley, uh, Scott, and Alice. Um, and uh, it, it's just turned out to be a, a great thing, and uh, it's gotten the kids back out there. But I, I just would love it if we could get more kids out there during the days, get them on the basketball courts, get them playing pickup games again, enjoying. Our playgrounds, we have replaced uh, so many playgrounds since 2014. We're really to the point where we have one or two more playgrounds to replace, and all of them will have new uh, amenities in them, uh, at least as new as like 10 years ago, which is great because right now, or, or when I first came in, we had some playgrounds that were 25, 30 years old. So we've had a lot of great uh, movement on that. And again, funding from the Park Foundation, from the Healthcare Foundation to really improve our parks and playgrounds. And and uh, if there's anything that I'd like to utilize more, it's those neighborhood pocket parks. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for listening. Mark, I'll give you the final word. What do you want to tell our listeners? Is you want to? I saw you're hiring some people. I saw you know you got jobs open. I don't know if you need lifeguards. What? What do you what do you want to say? Your final word here? Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, we're, all, we're we are hiring for the summer. It gets more difficult every year. We also know that the job market and the way things are, everybody's having a hard time getting people hired. So if people are looking for a great seasonal job, come look at us. We've got maintenance, we've got concession workers, we've got playground staff. So uh, absolutely, and we're looking forward to a great summer. And and I, and if there were callers that we didn't get to, or if people that uh, that they couldn't get their text through, feel free to give me a call down at the park office three two six nine six zero zero. You can. You can get us on Facebook. You can get us on our website. So please, always reach out to us. We, we, we like to we, we like to think that we're receptive to a lot of great ideas. I, I, I'm walking away here today with uh, two, three, or four already great ideas that were called in. So appreciate the opportunity and, and keep up the great work, Nate. Yeah, I hope you come back when uh, you can announce more about Lake Fest and maybe we could talk about that as well. Okay. Yeah, look for it. We're really excited. Uh, the, the mayor's really making a big push to have this great festival for the city. Pearl Jam, I hear. All right, thank you to Mark Schreiber <laughs> next week, uh, Lee. Morris is going to be on on Friday to talk about redistribution.
redistricting um, for the Better Government uh, Better Government Study Group. Thank you for listening. Uh, I want to thank again Dennis Sedell, who produces and edits this. Uh, if you haven't listened to the podcast, I hope you do. I'm your host, Nate Laux. We'll be back again on Monday talking about other issues impacting our listeners. But until then, be good to yourself and to others. And keep listening right here to 96.7 The Eagle. Thank you for joining us and voicing your opinion on this edition of Sound Off. The views on Sound Off are those of the host or callers and do not represent the opinion of 96.7 The Eagle, Spoon River Media LLC, or the sponsors. Sound Off airs every Monday and Friday at 1230. Please mark your calendar and join us again for the next edition of Sound Off on 96.7 The Eagle. Thank you for listening to this Sound Off podcast on 96.7TheEagle.com.